Real Presence Live. To be patient to share Christ, but to be urgent, you know, just take advantage of that opportunity, that open door, that little bit of trust. Local. When we're truly and fully alive and Catholic, we have hearts that are actually that desire the good of the civil order. Engaging. But I have to start the day off by saying, you know, Father God, I offer myself to you to do with me as you wish. Live. There is a human longing for beautiful things and traditions. And if these aren't found in the church, people will seek them elsewhere. Good morning and welcome to Real Presence Live. I am Brad Gray, one of your hosts this morning, and I am joined by Father Charles LaCroix. Good morning to you, Father. Hey, good morning, Brad. It's good to be with you. Uh, we've got a great show planned. Uh, absolutely. So would it be like Grigio? What's the French for Gray? I, you know, I, I feel like I just <laughs> kind of changed things around a little bit here. So that I sounds good to me. Better. Yeah. All right, excellent. Well, we have a frigid little morning here, but a great time to to bask in the warmth and the glow of God's love for us, right? I like that. That's very poetic of you. Well, thank You're you. waxing thank already you. <laughs> this morning. Well, did you want to lead us into that, Father? Let's do it. Okay, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Father, all-powerful, never-living God, we do well always and everywhere to give you thanks, and we thank you for this glorious day that you have given us, a day that you have made. We rejoice and are glad in it. We also thank you for the beauty of this radio station and this network so that we can spread your word, your truth, your light, your grace, your hope to the listening audience and indeed to the whole world. We also thank you for Catholic Schools Week, which we are embedded in right now. Thank you that they are little oases of your truth, your goodness, and your mercy to our communities and to uh, the rest of the world. And so help us to be always beacons of light to shine your truth on the world that needs to hear the truth and longs for the truth and yearns for the truth. And help us also to love you above all things and love our neighbor as ourself out of love for you. Give us a great show, we pray today. Bless everyone who is listening. Bless those who are near and dear to them. Help us to be your people, a people of life, hope, love, and mercy. We pray all this in the name of your Son, Jesus, by the power of your Holy Spirit, and with the prayers of Our Lady. Hail Mary, full of, of grace, grace, the Lord, Lord is with thee. thee. Blessed art thou among women, and, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, sinners now, now and at the hour of our death. death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Awesome. Thank you, Father. Thanks for leading us into the Lord's presence through that. Amen. All right, and we are also joined this morning by Eli on the other side of the glass. Good morning to you, Eli. Good morning, Brad. How are you? Awesome. Good. What a great Old Testament name, don't you think? It is. Wow. <laughs> it, uh, you know, it means uh, God is uplifted. Yeah. And uh, Eli really kind of started out the whole prophets there, the whole line of prophets. You know. Well, well, thank you. I, you know, I I didn't I did do it alone. It was a, it was a, it was a group effort there. But please uh, tell me, <laughs> please tell me that you're going to thank the academy also. <laughs> I know what your name means, Eli, because uh, we have a son that was born on Ascension Thursday. We're trying Whoa. to think of a good biblical name for him, and as we were looking through that, we we found out that Eli means God is uplifted. We're like, that's a perfect Ascension name. So we got Elijah. <laughs> nice. Yep. So, uh, what's uh, what's on the horizon for us this morning, Eli? Yeah, so we got a lot coming up in this morning's shows, of course, or uh, of the show. Of course, it's Catholic Schools Week, and uh, so we'll have Valerie Vogel, principal at St. Joseph's School in Mandan. She'll be talking about the many pro-life activities her students are involved with, and how being involved with these bolsters their faith-filled education. 
And it's true that a well-formed Catholic mind can come from religion classes at Catholic schools, but did you know that there's an even more important place it should be coming from? Well, Bishop John Lavore of the Diocese of New Ulm will share what this place is and how Catholic education at school can be a supplement to grow even deeper in a relationship with Jesus. I'll also talk about an opportunity to support the Catholic schools in his area coming up in March. And Father Matt Schmitz from Sacred Heart School in Grand Forks will be coming on just to talk a little bit about the festivities of Catholic Schools Week and what's coming up for them. That and a whole lot more coming up this morning on Real Presence Live. Boy, you know, Eli has great teasers there. I, I can't does. wait to he does. find out what's happening in our own show. He's no slouch. That, that That's true. That's true. <laughs> we don't pay him enough, I don't think. No doubt. No ma- whatever it is, it's not enough. It's not enough. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks for uh, previewing that for us, Eli. So, Father, you also are uh, a chaplain at the Catholic High School, and this is a yeah. big week for you guys. Great big week, uh, not only a chaplain high school, but also a chaplain for the mi- uh, the middle school. Mm, so yes, we got, right. got some 600 students there that uh, I'm going to have to answer to the Lord for, so <laughs> pray for me heavily, okay? Amen. So, but it's a great week because we are able to revel in our Catholic identity. This is who we are. This is what we're all about. We know where we came from. We know what we're all about. We know where we're going, and you know, pray God. And uh, so, it's a great time to get back to that. We need to get back to our identity. We're sons and daughters of God the Father. We're brothers and sisters of Jesus the Son, and we're temples of the Holy Spirit. And you know, God has provided us this great grace of Catholic schools, so that. While we're learning about writing, reading, and arithmetic, we're also, with that, learning about Jesus Christ, the ultimate teacher, and so and the ultimate truth. And so we need to take time out every year to just take a week and, and celebrate that and live that. And that helps us, that bolsters us on for the rest of the year and beyond. And so we need to always come back to what we're all about. Because the world is constantly trying to distract us about who we are, what we're all about, what we should be doing. And we don't want to adopt the ways of the world necessarily. We want, we want the world <laughs> to adopt our ways so that all will come to know the one true God and his son, Jesus Christ. Amen to that. And I uh, suspect that there's someone who could echo those sentiments. Father, we have uh, Valerie Vogel on the line. Valerie is the principal at St. Joseph's School in Mandan. Good morning to you, Valerie. Good morning, and thank you for asking me to join you this morning. Thanks for being with us this morning. i got to ask you, Valerie, do you guys have school this morning? Yes, we have you school do. this morning. You are the rugged few, huh? <laughs> it, yes, it, it is cold, but it's nice and warm inside our building. So. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, can you tell us a little bit, Valerie, about St. Joseph's Catholic Schools in Mandan, what grades you have, what, what sort of enrollment, uh, what parishes are involved with the school there? Yes, I sure can. St. Joseph Catholic School has been educating the Catholic faith and teaching the Catholic faith and nurturing students for over 100 years. Mm. We currently instruct students preschool through fifth grade, which includes ages 3 through 11 and gives us a total of 165 students. Mm. And uh, we are affiliated and supported by St. Joseph Parish, and we're very grateful to them for everything they do for us. Now, how long, Valerie, has... uh the school been connected to St. Joseph Parish forever? Forever. Okay, great. Forever. Wow, that's great. Yes, Keep that is. school alive and well for, yes. what did you say, over 100 years now? Yeah. Yes, for over 100 years. Wow, that's amazing. That's not a fly-by-night operation. <laughs> no, no, it's not. We're very proud. That's fantastic. So you guys have developed quite a legacy there. Um, you know, we just we went through Respect 
Life. Uh, or we went to the the commemoration of Roe versus Wade. Had the March for Life recently. Uh, what's that like for the your school, for the students in your school, for the legacy that you guys have adopted and the culture that you've established there at St. Joseph's? Well, being a Catholic school, we can incorporate and teach the importance of life. And when children are taught that concept at a young age, they will carry that belief with them throughout their life. And life is important no matter at what age, and that's what we teach them, you know, how precious life is at any stage or uh, any age of life. You know, Valerie, it seems to me that the students instinctively know this. They haven't been contaminated, if you will, or brainwashed, if you will, by the rest of the culture, the rest of the world. They know instinctively that's a human being. That human being needs to be cherished, affirmed, loved, guarded, and protected. And so you don't have to do much spiritual arm twisting, if you will, to convince them that that's a, that's a beautiful human being inside the womb. Absolutely, I agree. They are just totally, fully in. They are committed. They are just on board with that belief, which is, which is wonderful. And like I say, by teaching it at a young age, they will carry that belief with them throughout their life. You know, Valerie, at uh, Shanley High School, we've had a really great active pro-life group called Shanley Teens for Life for many years now, and it's it's alive, it's well, it's growing, it's thriving. But then a few years ago, I thought, well, let's try this with the middle school, you mm. know, so like Sullivan Deacons for Life, we call ourselves. And the response has been outstanding. We, mm. we have a meeting once a week, every Friday at lunchtime, and we have to add seats, you know, basically. We, we have like probably 30, 35 students that are involved in Deacons, uh, Sullivan Deacons for Life just on the middle school level, and they're, they're really on fire. And they would, if they could, they'd go to D.C. in a heartbeat, you know, but right now we only allow high school students, but they're on fire. They, they want to right this wrong. They want to, you know, that's their brother and sister in the womb. They recognize it, and they want to do everything they can to build a culture of life. Yes, they definitely do, and that is that is a fire, so to speak, as we always want to keep burning in the children's minds and hearts. Now, at uh, St. Joseph's, you guys participate in the 40 Days for Life initiative in, in some way, too, right? Yes. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, and I, I just want to also say that, um, you know, as you mentioned, the March for Life and Pro-Life mm-hmm. uh, currently fresh in our minds mm-hmm. because that just took part in Right now, as we're speaking, we have Father Wolf, uh, our assistant. He's with our students talking about his recent march mm. for life trip. So the kids were excited that he was coming over to talk to them about that. Very cool. Um, in October, though, we started our 40 Days for Life with our students at St. Joseph. And each morning, students would read prayers for the unborn over the intercom. And we did that for 40 days, and then we concluded our 40 Days for Life by everyone coming together in our gym for a very special prayer service. Uh, the, the students stood in the circle, and a large circle in our gym, and then some of the fourth and fifth grade students would turn out the light on their candle one by one mm. as we prayed for individuals that may have been a classmate, an athlete, a teacher, or any occupation they may have chosen if they had been given the chance of life. That was just a very meaningful prayer service to all of them. That is so uh, meaningful because I think it was uh, Archbishop Sheen, whose cause is not being taken mm-hmm. up for sainthood. He started at the end of uh, each decade of the rosary to say something to the effect of, uh, uh, you know, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, I love you very much. I beg you to spare uh, the lives of the preborn 
children whom I have spiritually adopted who are in danger today. So, you know, that is very, very meaningful because we are talking about real human beings, real human life and the loss thereof. And so it's something quite unique and I think loving and Catholic about praying for those whose lives are in jeopardy and or praying for those who lost their lives due to abortion and whose lives are affected by abortion. So mm-hmm. what a great thing that you are doing, what a service you're doing to the preborn, what a service you're doing to the church, you know, to pray uh, specifically for our brothers and sisters in the womb whose lives are in jeopardy. Uh, keep that up. Yeah. Uh, that, that is great. Yes, we think we think it's just very, very important. And by uh, connecting the prayer service that we did with all the prayers we'd be we had been doing, I think it had a little more of a special meaning for all everyone involved. Wow! Well, I got to ask you, Valerie. What did you hear much of a response from the students after that? Yes, and I was just going to say because we concluded on a Monday, and the teachers said it was just really impressive and exciting to hear the students talk throughout the week about it mm. and how much it meant to them and how, how special they felt it was, and, and they just know that they need to keep that ongoing prayer for life going in their lives forever. You know, Valerie, when uh, we adults go to the March for Life, you know, staff, students, priests, etc., or staff and priests, etc., chaperones, it does us a world of good, you know, not only because every I think everybody who goes on the March for Life is blessed by God with a uh, an increase in their their spiritual life, their faith, their pro-life convictions. But it's heartwarming for us, I think you would agree, that we see so many young people at the March for Life. In other words, the preponderance of people that participate in the March for Life are college and high school students, I think. you know, And so that gives us great hope for the future, great mm-hmm. hope for the present here. But what you're doing here at an elementary school level is doubly encouraging because these young people are definitely going to make a difference in their in their walk of life wherever they are wherever God sends them they're going to be a great influence to build this culture of life so that's that's very good to know and and very heartwarming well thank you that is our hope and that is our prayer that these children as they become adults will go out into the the world and also uh, proclaim to others the importance of that life Awesome. We are, uh, we're doing Real Presence Live here this morning. We got Brad Gray and uh, Father Charles LaCroix, and we are speaking with uh, Valerie Vogel, the principal at St. Joseph's School in Mandan, North Dakota. And Valerie, you were just talking about the, the awesome uh, prayer celebration that you did with the students. Is there another approach that generally you use in speaking to the students, that the teachers will use in speaking to the students about the precious gift of life? Well, I just always try to rem- remind them how special and important they are and also how special life is and how important God is in their life. Mm-hmm. And I know that the message that their classroom teachers stress to them over and over is how God makes each person unique mm-hmm. and special, and they are provided a set of talents and gifts to share with the world. If that life was not made, then we would be missing out on all those different talents that he or she have been given to share. And they also learn about how God created all life. Every life has a purpose, and God knows and loves us before we're even born. That's the main message, you know, that our teachers really try to stress to the students, no matter what age, whether they're, they are uh, preschool, kindergarten, fourth, or fifth grade students, I think they need to hear that and be reminded of it. You know, uh, Valerie, St. John Paul II said that 
the most important work on the face of the earth is pro-life work. That was echoed by St. Teresa of Calcutta. She said that the greatest obstacle to peace in the world is abortion. People thought she was, uh, you know, uh, crazy for saying mm-hmm. that, but she connected the dots and says, well, if you allow, uh, you know, a mother to kill her child, then how can you disallow one nation from uh, invading another or being hostile to the other nation? And also our current Pope, Pope Francis has also echoed St. John Paul II's sentiments that this is the critical work on earth. And so your students are doing exactly what, you know, the saints have told us to do in, in protecting life and upholding life and allowing people to see the beauty and the uniqueness of life. So, uh, again, hats off to you and, and your students for doing what you're doing. Thank you. Valerie, we only have about a minute left, but I want you to tell us a little bit um, very briefly about the baby shower for Mary that you do at St. Joseph's. Yes, that was a project we chose for Advent, and Mrs. Fergal, our first grade teacher, she spearheaded the project, contacted First Choice Clinic in Bismarck to inquire about what items they were in need of, and so the items were compiled into a list and sent home, and all the teachers talked to the students about the importance of helping those in need. And our St. Joseph families always come through, no matter what it is, they are so generous. But So it was no surprise when all these items just started flowing in. We received so many items ranging from newborn to size toddler and diapers and clothing and high chairs and just too many uh, items that I could even mention, too <laughs> numerous. But the students felt just so extremely proud to be helping those in need, and especially mm. because those that are in need, those infants and young childs can't care for themselves. So they... Yeah wanted to help all these children. That's awesome. Beautiful, concrete, practical help for for mothers and families that are, are dealing with a, a crisis, a, a pregnancy that they're not necessarily prepared for. So wonderful, wonderful way of, of supporting them and helping them. Valerie, thank you so much for being on with us this morning. Thank you for the work that you're doing there at St. Joseph's. Um, we really appreciate it. You are welcome, and thank you for hosting. Awesome. God bless. All right, it's time for our first break of the morning, but stay with us because when we return on Real Presence Live, we're going to talk about important ways to support Catholic schools and hear from a local bishop about why all should be interested in Catholic education. We'll hear the details right after the break, whether you're listening live or to the podcast on Real, the Real Presence Radio Network app.
programming on Real Presence Radio was brought to you in part by Bishop Ryan Catholic School in Minot. Every parent wants the best for their children, and as Catholics, we understand that this means doing everything we can to help our children know, love, and serve God with their lives. Education should be about more than finding a career. It should help one find their vocation. While focusing on math, science, language arts, and social studies, a complete education needs to include the truths of the faith as well. Education should guide children down the right path, providing them the grace of the sacraments and surrounding them in a culture that values virtue. I'm Father Jaden Nelson, President of Bishop Ryan Catholic School, and we provide an education in which our children are taught to have inspired minds, faithful hearts, and lives of virtue. Like you, we want the best for your children. For more information about the beautiful things happening here at Bishop Ryan, visit bishopryan.com. Don't pass up your opportunity to be a part of the Bishop Ryan family. People think A and B is in the copier business, but we're not. We are in the people business. Whether it's coffee and water, managed print services, document management, or our newest editions of promo gear and managed IT services, we've got you covered. At A&B, we're number two because our customers are number one. We can be reached at 1-800-477-2425 or online at abbusiness.com. All right. It is cold and sluggish outside, but we're firing on all c- cylinders here with Real Presence Live. Right, Mo- most cylinders. The computer <laughs> is going a little bit crazy on us, so uh, we might not sound uh, as normal as we have been in the past, but uh, we're making it. We're firing we're on the it. essential cylinders. Exactly. Keep right. the essentials correct and uh, pray a lot. So, Father, this is a big week. As we mentioned at the very beginning, that this is Catholic Schools Week. That's your that's your gig, man. This is you're, it. You're uh, you're the chaplain, Shanley Sullivan. So, yeah. what's going on, Shanley Sullivan? I mean, obviously, not much today is with right. the school closures. Yeah. Uh, but for the week, what do you guys have happening? Well, you know, a, a lot is uh, centered on two things. Uh, number one is uh, just to know our faith. You know, and we we would have had a know your faith contest both on a school level and a state level, but that. That has been canceled, but we're still going to focus in on, you know, knowing God, knowing him a little bit more, knowing mm-hmm. our faith a little bit more, because first you have to know before you can love. Yeah. So we want to know God more, we want to know more about him so that we can know him and love him more. And then also we're focusing in on being servants. Our, you know, our nickname is the deacon, mm-hmm. so we want to be true servants. That's a Greek word. A lot of people out there might say it's Greek to me, and they're <laughs> correct, but it's a Greek word that means service, so we, we want to be servants. So we're going to do uh, things that will help raise money for St. Anne's there in Belcourt. Awesome. So they're our sister kind of uh, school, and we love them, and we're all one family here. Excellent. Well, Catholic Schools Week is a national initiative. It spans over our entire listening area. And so we are joined now by Deanne Sheeler, the Director of Mission Advancement at Trinity Catholic Schools in Dickinson. Uh, good morning to you, Deanne. Good morning. Thanks for being on with us this morning. Yeah, thanks for having me. So now you have uh, a cool thing going on, this Many Gifts, One Nation. What's that all about? Yeah, it's actually through NCEA um, as part of Catholic Schools Week where um, they sponsor a day of giving. Um, you may have heard of, like, Giving Tuesday or initiatives like Small Business Saturday, those, mm-hmm. those different types of days of giving. Um, well, this one is one specific to Catholic School Week. Awesome. Well, uh, the, the theme, uh, what, what, what was the theme there? for? It's Many Gifts, One Nation. Well, is this an annual? Uh, I mean, is that the theme every year, or is, that, uh, uh, is there a specific yeah, theme for this year? Yeah, it has been. Okay, gotcha. It's been the theme for a number of years now. Actually, um, St. Uh, John Paul II, about a little more than 20 years ago, 
gave a speech to Catholic educators at a conference where he said that their gift of being a Catholic educator is a great gift to the Church and a great gift to the nation, and that inspired the theme of Many Gifts, One Nation Mm. during Catholic Schools Week. Yeah, you know, uh, this is a great week, Dan, because we get to celebrate our identity, we get to put our best foot forward, so to speak, and how are you guys doing that there in Trinity? Well, we've had all kinds of different things happening during the week. Of course, the students have different ways that they're dressing up or dressing down, I guess, when they're <laughs> uniform. <laughs> um, and then we have our big Know Your Faith competition. They did a written test yesterday, and today we have our school competition, and then they'll be traveling to Fargo-Shanley tomorrow, assuming the weather cooperates, for the state competition. Yeah, I, that's, that's a big piece for us. I think that's actually has been called off just recently. So oh, that, that's I the latest. haven't even heard that yet. But you know what? It's never a bad thing. Your time spent learning the faith is never wasted time, right? That's absolutely true. <laughs> Plus, a particular class uh, that wins today at your school can claim that they're the champs dominance, yeah. for the whole year. Local dominance. Uh, yeah, so, you're right. That's great. Deanne, I, I really like this this idea of this many gifts, one nation, uh, particularly at a time where it seems like our nation, well, it, it doesn't just seem, it is the fact that our nation is so incredibly divided. It's... it's um, it's shocking how unable we are to really have civil discourse any longer. It's a lot of just right. flinging hatred yeah. back and forth. Arrows. And so I, uh, that's such an important theme, uh, that, that unity uh, in, in gifts and, uh, and being able to bring that all together for a common purpose. Is that, uh, is that w- what you're seeing with that? Yeah, definitely. You know, I think Catholic education is sort of a, a grassroots way that we can, can fix that and invest in our youth and invest in our community to hopefully, you know, negate some of that and and um, bring up the next generation to, I guess, avoid it as much as possible and, and be more unified. You mm-hmm. know, Catholic education, some of the strengths of it is that we partner with parents in faith formation. We give balanced education where we integrate the faith into what we're teaching. You know, it's mind, it's body, it's soul. We're teaching them respect. We're teaching them the value of service, the value of life. And these are things beyond just math and science that mm-hmm. they're going to carry through with them. And, and we're fortunate in Catholic schools that we're able to do that. You know, we prepare students to become productive citizens and leaders in our community. And, and I think that's probably one of the best ways that we as a community can invest in our future and hopefully, you know, get rid of some of this this division and conflict. Plus, I think, you know, Deanne, that the Lord will have your students in the future in very influential and perhaps powerful positions. And that's the, op- that's a time, that's a place. And God has them there for reason to further the truth. Like we all know Catholic politicians nowadays or other Catholics that are in influential mm-hmm. positions that maybe are falling short of what they should be doing or what they should be standing for. And we're disappointed in that. But you know, with schools such as yours, and mine, you know, we hope to, like you mentioned, produce students that are good citizens of this world, but also mm-hmm. will make a difference in this world for God, for truth, for mm-hmm. humanity. And that's what you're doing there at Trinity. And that's what we hope all to accomplish who are involved in Catholic schools. Absolutely. And, you know, it's not just uh, the on the societal and the global level, but even just on the personal individual level, the integration of the whole person is uh, that's a, a beautiful reality that every single student that goes through 
the school benefits by, right? Definitely. Uh, I mean, that's, that's our mission. Literally, our mission is educating the whole student, mind, body, and soul. That's, that's what we, we do at Trinity Catholic Schools. You know, Dan, I always maintain that if uh, public schools, secular schools, and governments would be wise, they would do everything that they can to keep Catholic schools open, because if, if we ever close... We don't want that to happen, but mm-hmm. if we ever close them, they would have to come up with the money to educate these extra students. And so I think the best thing that they could do is do whatever they can legislatively and legally to help us to stay open and, and to uh, be a full. Plus, plus, we are also kind of a motivation for them to be all that they can be. Because if we have this good competition going between public schools and Catholic schools, then you know, uh, public schools are going to want to be as proficient as they can possibly be. So I think it's a win-win situation to to have Catholic schools flourish in our societies. It definitely is. You know, the average cost of school here at Trinity Catholic Schools is around $8,400, and our tuition average is only about $3,700. So the rest of that, you know, that's less than half. Wow. the rest of it comes from parish subsidies. You know, we, we're fortunate that we've got great parishes, um, and the rest outside of that is fundraising. So days like today are so important for our culture and to keep things going so we can make this affordable for parents. Wow, you're right. I mean, uh, so you hear that all public school systems out there? Keep Catholic schools open. Absolutely. <laughs> all right, Deanne, we're kind of coming to the end here, but how can people make a gift to Catholic schools in response to the appeal? Well, of course, our website, trinitycatholicschools.com. But um, because this is a national initiative, you can go to ncea.org, and you can view Catholic schools across the nation um, to see who's participating in, in this day of giving. Awesome. Well, we certainly appreciate what you're doing there over at Trinity and uh, the, the good work that the Lord is doing through all of you, the staff, the faculty. Um, it's fan- a fantastic gift for the whole church, for sure. Oh. Thank you. Great we're, job. We're happy to be here. <laughs> well, thanks for being on with us this morning, Deanne. Yes, have a great day. All right, you too. God bless you, and stay warm. <laughs> thanks, you yeah. too. Yep. Ooh, what is that? Oh, it sounds like uh, somebody dialing. Oh, I think that might be the, the indicator that this is we're moving into our Straight Talk segment. Just when you thought it was safe to listen to the radio, think again, it's Straight Talk. With none other than Father Charles LaCroix. Uh-oh. You know, so Father... I was just thinking about this uh, last night. If you're both the host and the guest, yeah, does that make you the ghost? I think I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> Excellent. Can I call you Casper? Yeah, you can. <laughs> Actually, I think one uh, Halloween I wore Casper outfield. <laughs> Very prescient of you. Yeah. Holy. Uh- Holy Casper. Excellent. Well, this is our Straight Talk segment with Father Charles LaCroix. This is a time for you, all of our listeners, to call in and get answers to your questions about the faith, any aspect of the faith, uh, the liturgy, doctrine, uh, Catholic practices, things that are going on in in society and the news right now. Uh, Whatever questions that you might have, this is a great opportunity for you to call in and get answers with Father Charles LaCroix, the man, the legend. Yeah, and the you myth. Can, and you can do that, mostly the myth. You can do that <laughs> mostly, uh, well, by calling 877-795-0122. That's 877-795-0122. I say mostly, but not really, because you can also do it on Facebook. You can oh, look yeah. us up on Facebook and submit your questions there. Father Charles 
is ready yeah. to ask to answer your question. No, I, I just want to throw like four subject matters out there do it. recent here, you know, and that might wet the whistle. Okay. And so obviously the the Covington situation, mm-hmm. which we've talked a lot about, but I just want to give accolades to the bishop who apologized. That's very big of him. Yeah. To apologize to high school students and their parents for maybe being too a quick, quick to too quick to put out a statement yep. w- before he knew all the facts. So yep. you know, hats off to the bishop there for apologizing. It's always an uncomfortable situation. When yeah, you're... but that's big of him. Yep. That's I mean, here's a bishop and he's being humble and, yep. and apologizing. Also, what about the the grave situation and the problems we have with the newly signed New York abortion law that Appalling. makes abortion legal for the entire nine months uh and a catholic yeah a catholic governor was the Who one was that eager to sign it yeah boy oh boy what do we do about that and then did you know that japan a secular society has banned pornography in their convenience stores that's awesome whoa i mean i think it's oh, about thirty-five thousand convenience stores that are not going to have porn yep. 7-eleven is- and that's japan yep come on and then uh, finally we have the world. We have the World Youth Day to talk about in Panama. And what is this discipleship? What do we mean by discipleship? And are young people able to do that? You yeah. Know? So, or you might want to talk about anything you want. Whatever question you have. Why do we wear green during ordinary time? That's you a good know? question. And what what do we wear during you know Lent and and Advent? Why do we wear those colors? Or you know. What is the priest mumbling to himself at various Ooh, times in one. the yeah. liturgy and the mass? Like you could see his lips moving, but you don't know what he's saying. What is he actually saying? Is he just yeah. not sure about what yeah. to say at that yeah, point? Yeah, what is he doing? So uh, lots to talk about. Awesome. Yeah, and so you can call in at one eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two or submit your question on Facebook. So get on the line with Father Charles Lacroix. So Father, you've been yes. to World Youth Day, right? Uh, yes, I have. Yes, I have. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Well, where where'd you go? It was actually Denver here in the United States. I was I wimped out. I didn't go any uh, yeah. across the oh, Atlantic or Pacific. But yeah, it was great. And you know, it was funny because we had a speaker later on here in Fargo talk about World Youth Day and how you know the number of people, the number of men in the seminary, half of them went to World Youth Day. So mm. like that's what kind of effect. No kidding. And I and I and at the time when I'm listening to the speaker, I didn't connect the dots to go, oh, that's a very interesting statistic. <laughs> and then the next day, it dawned on me, wait a minute, I was at a uh, World Youth Day and I'm a priest. <laughs> doomed from the start. Yeah, that's great. So wow, what an influence and what an impact World Youth Day has had on young people, especially in the area of vocations mm-hmm. and so, and we see, you know, World Youth Day, Pope Francis there now in Panama, and this this concept of discipleship, and young people mm-hmm. don't have to wait to be disciples. We've had a lot of young saints in the right. history of the church, yep. and they are disciples right now. And what discipleship starts with is yourself and Jesus. You know, you, you make a, a declaration uh, to yourself, to God, first and foremost, that, hey, I'm I choose to follow Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. I am going to make him the Lord of my life. I'm going to listen to what he says. I'm going to obey him. I'm going to do what he wants. I'm going to seek his will in my life. Then if that's your attitude, that's your motivation, then God's going to be able to get a lot of mileage out of you, so to speak, and he's going to use you to bring others to himself. So that's the whole thing. You know, it's it's a yes, it is about me and Jesus, mm-hmm. but it's more about than just me and Jesus. It's about what, after God has finished with you, in a sense, 
then he wants to use you to bring others to himself. That's yeah. that's why the church exists. The church exists to evangelize, to make disciples of all nations. And if you don't think that God wants to use you to bring others to the faith, to bring others into the church, to bring others to heaven, then you're sorely mistaken. There's and a, he could do it all himself if he wants to. He's yeah. God. He can do it whatever he wants. But in his mercy and his grace, he chooses to use us to bring others into the fold. So, wow, what a great role. Yeah. What a great responsibility. What a great dignity yeah. and identity we have that God wants to use us as much of a motley crew as we are to, to bring yep. others into the faith. That's, that's pretty you know, And there's a fruitfulness, as you're saying, there's a fruitfulness to our relationship with the Lord, right? Yeah. That that's never intended to just stay with us. I mean, think about it, how if it was just a personal relationship with God and Abraham, <laughs> how sunk we'd be. Yeah. No, but his vision was always for everyone, you know, and right. so it is with us, right? God interacts with us because he loves us and he's chosen us and he desires us, but he also wants to touch other people through us, that that our our relationship with him would, would bear fruit, that would be an overflowing into the lives and hearts of other people. So call in, uh, get into the conversation with Father Charles LaCroix. That's one 795 or look, him up, look us up on Facebook. You have, this is your opportunity to stump the priest. Yeah, to and see I'm easily if, stumptable. <laughs> stumptable, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just made up a word, Eli. Is he that did. okay? Right here on the radio? I'll allow it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm as not, I'll admit I'm not as proficient as my, uh, proficient as my hero, you know, Dr. Anders. There. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he's well, awesome. And he, I think he's a little bit more charitable than I am too. So no, uh, anyway, but uh, yeah, come with your questions and what do you want to talk about? What do you want clarification or what do you want to comment mm-hmm. about? Yeah, you know, great. Father, one of the things that you mentioned was this uh, this move in in Japan to ban pornography. Yeah. That the 7-Eleven stores have banned pornography in 35,000 of wow. their their convenience stores there in Japan. And they're recognizing that, you know, as they're catering more and more to families, that this is something that's destructive to families. It's, right. it's scandalizing. It's, it's, you know, it's a crisis that we're facing. And, and actually, several states in the United States have actually identified it as a crisis. Wow. Uh, I know Utah has for sure. There's another one that did recently here in the last, you know, six or eight months. And so there's becoming, there's a growing recognition, even on the secular level, right. of the harm that's done to individuals, to marriages, to families uh, by pornography. And, and honestly, so often the people that are ensnared by pornography hate it. Right. I mean, they feel they trapped. Want, they right. feel s- stuck. Because and, I think they instinctively know that they're using another person as an object. Right. You know, and you know, we're, we're all meant to be subjects to be loved and yep. not objects to be used. And they inst- people instinctively know when they're using another person. Mm-hmm. And so they don't want to be a part of that. They don't want anything to do with that. And you're right. Uh, even secular society is recognizing the deleterious effects that pornography has on a society you mentioned marriages mm-hmm. you uh, but also jobs you know people lose their jobs right yeah and so if marriages breaks up and uh you know people aren't able to keep their jobs that's going to have a negative effect in a big way on society and so they i think the japanese society has you know come to its senses and said hey we got to get rid of this this yeah. is not good and you know the majority of marriages that break up cite pornography as one of yeah. the things that 
cause a demise in their relationship. So yeah, and you know it goes all the way back to mm. the beginning. I mean, yeah. right? You have Adam and Eve right. who were created naked with no shame, but as soon as sin entered the picture, yeah. they had to cover themselves yeah. because all of a sudden now there was a danger that I might look at the other person as an object mm-hmm. instead of as a person instead of seeing their mystery. And that's the problem with pornography. St. John Paul II said it best when he yes. said the problem with pornography right. is not that it shows too much, <laughs> but that it shows too little. That's that right. You miss the person there. Right. And all you see is the external. Right. And I, that's, that's the crime. And, and no one wants to be used either. You know, right. We don't exactly. want to use others, but we instinctively do not want to be used. We know when we're being used. And we know that we're not being appreciated as a human being made in the image and likeness of God. And that was part of, you know, the Adam and Eve thing while they mm-hmm. had to cover up because they knew that uh, I'm, you know, so now because sin has entered the world, I'm subject to be used as an object. Exactly. I don't like that. I I, that's not what I was meant for. And that's not why God created me. Yep. You know, so, yeah. And then I know uh, you're very instrumental in bringing this uh, great uh, Safe Haven Sunday. Safe Haven Sunday coming up, and uh, if you want to talk a little bit about yeah, that. Yeah, so that's, that's going to be happening awesome. through a good part of the listening area. All the dioceses in Minnesota, I know for sure, uh, the Fargo Diocese uh, are going to be participating in this uh, Safe Haven Sunday, which is an awareness Sunday to basically help to uh, accl- to uh, make people conscious of the, the harm that pornography does to individuals, to uh, marriages to families, um, you know how destructive it is, and it's going to be a time to equip families with resources to make their homes a safe haven. It comes mm. from the term "safe haven Sunday" mm-hmm. comes from uh, a, a letter by the U.S. bishops um, created me a clean heart on this problem of pornography, and talks about any use of pornography in the home strips it of its role as a safe haven right. for the entire family. And so it's all about you know how do we how do we make our homes this safe haven? And so that's going to be coming up on uh, March 2nd and 3rd. So there should be more information in those dioceses that are, that are observing it uh, in parishes and so on about how that's going to take place. It, you know, there'll be various things going on during the Mass um, just to, to help us realize and set us a Catholic culture that God made us to be gifts, not to be objects, to be uh, given, but not to be used. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's especially a challenge, I think, to uh, husbands and fathers Obviously, wives and mothers have mm-hmm. a role to play in that, but also, you know, the husband, the father, their role is to guard and protect, right. you know? And so, <laughs> guard your family, guard your kids, guard your wife, protect your home from this bad influence that's trying to come in. And, you know, we, I think at this moment, you know, of the Exodus event and how yeah. the Israelites were protected by staying in their home and their home was protected by the blood of the lamb. And so protect, you know, your home by the blood of the lamb, you know, uh, confession, mass, yep. Yep. doing, uh, having uh, holy images and such in your home. So, you know, we uh, men have a particular responsibility, I think, to to see to it that their home is what you're saying yeah, a safe, safe haven. haven. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so get in on the conversation. Join us with uh, with your questions or you know your comments, your conversation. You can call eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. Look us up on Facebook. Submit a question there. Uh, you know, it's a great time to to speak with Father Charles and you know see if you can if you can stump him. Yeah. Or or just you know perhaps you have. Uh, you know, a spiritual question. Right. So, you know, someone is wondering, you know, Father, I don't feel like I'm, I'm feeling Jesus when I pray. Right. Like, yeah. my prayer is always dry. Right. You know, what do I do? Am I doing something wrong? Right. Um, what's, what's your recommend, uh, recommendation for people who are struggling with prayer? I would say just keep at it. Keep doing it. Feelings are great. Consolations are wonderful. But they come and they go. Mm-hmm. Feelings are fleeting. 
And it's great when we feel great about things. But even if we don't, our intellect, our mind, our reason says we got to keep doing this. We got to keep connected with God. And so just keep doing it. I like to call it nose to the grindstone Christianity in our prayer life because sometimes you don't feel anything. Sometimes you feel dry. And God has a reason for allowing you to feel mm-hmm. dry. So I have confidence in him. He's going to, at the other end of this, ha- allow you to have a stronger relationship with him, a closer relationship with him, and you won't be shaken by the changes and what they call the vicissitudes of life, you know? Yeah. So just hang in there, keep doing it. Don't worry about feelings. They'll come back if the Lord wants them to. And so just have trust in him that he knows what he's doing. If you feel dry, he's calling you to a deeper relationship with him. So trust in him. He knows what he's doing. He cares for you. Right. And you can even, you can relate that to Jesus too, right? And say, you know, Jesus, I'm not feeling anything right now. And, and some, you know, that's not a bad thing necessarily. The Lord allows that to draw us closer to him. That not, it's not just when it feels good, not just when prayer is, you know, exciting and thrilling that it's fruitful. It, right. it can be very, in fact, it can be even more fruitful at times when it is a struggle. Right. Um, that's where love is really revealed, right, Father? Exactly. You know, there's no true love without sacrifice. And yeah. so when we sacrifice, when we suffer, you know that the love is not far away. Yeah. So, uh, again, keep doing what you're doing. Keep praying. Even if you don't feel like it, the Lord understands, and he has a reason for that. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, Father, you had mentioned also that um, there's this new law in New York yes. that is just grave, grievous. You know, it's, right. it's regrettable and uh, lamentable for sure. Um, what do you say to that? Well, you know, I think what New York was doing there is it, it was protecting against the possibility of Roe versus Wade being overturned because some say that Roe versus Wade is on a collision course with itself and the Supreme Court will eventually overturn it, which would remand the abortion laws back to the individual states. And so I think what New York was doing is saying, well, if Roe versus Wade is overturned, we still have the same abortion availability that we had before it was overturned. And it's it's heinous, it's grievous, it's sad, mm-hmm. we should mourn it. And <laughs> you know, we gotta keep praying and praying and praying and you know, it's scandalous that a Catholic governor was the champion of this, you know. Yeah. And so we got to pray for uh, Governor Cuomo that, you know, he has a change of heart. And we just uh, have to know that, you know, abortion is is a crime against humanity. It's evil. And we got to do everything that we need, that we can to to call people back to sanity. And, you know, one of the things that I've, I've said in the past is that— uh, as Catholics, it seems like we have a greater capacity for sin than non-Catholics. And the reason I say that is because we have the ability to receive the body of the Lord in, in sacrilegiously. You know, right. in, in, without, so we have an ability to kind of defame the face of Jesus mm-hmm. in a way that non-Catholics really don't. And so uh, it's, it's, it's a greater responsibility on us to be uh, receptive to the Lord, to allow him to act, right? Exactly. Uh, well, we have a phone caller now. We have Alice oh. from Bismarck. Alice, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Good morning um, to you. Good morning. I feel a little bit dumb, but I don't know if there's a certain part of the mass that I tune out, but I never quite get it. <laughs> um, I don't think it's at the daily mass, but maybe it's just an option. But at one point, the priest says, um, we offer it for them or they offer it for themselves. <laughs> and <laughs> I don't know what we're offering to who or what. And 
I'm always okay. confused there. No, you're right. And that's a, uh, Eucharistic prayer number one, which, you know, the priest has, generally speaking, four Eucharistic prayers in which to choose. And Eucharistic prayer has that. And that's a very good question, Alice, because it brings home the thought and the what we're actually doing there is that the whole Mass, if you kind of really pay attention to Mass, the whole Mass is uh, we're participating in the offering of Jesus to the Father. Okay, so the whole Mass is oriented to the Father. That's whom, that's who the whole Mass is directed to, but it's through the Son in the power of the Holy Spirit. So when we uh, participate in Mass, we're actually participating in the death and resurrection of Jesus, his sacrifice that he made in time, but also in eternity. So he, Jesus is forever at the right hand of the Father interceding for us with his sacrifice that he made on Calvary. So it's something that happened in time, but also because Jesus is eternal, it happened in eternity, and it's a sacrifice that never ends. So we, during the Mass, are offering Jesus to the Father, but we're also offering ourselves through Jesus to the Father, and we're offering all of our intentions, all our petitions. So we either offer them for ourselves or for others. And so that's what that means. We're offering everything that we are and everything that we uh, want to be Mm -hmm. and all of our joys, all of our sorrows, all of our consolations, all of our efforts, all of our sacrifices, all of our sufferings. We're offering them to the Father through Jesus for ourselves and for others. So Mm -hmm. that's what Mass is. We're going there, obviously, for ourselves so that we can you know, receive grace that Jesus is giving us, but we're also going there for others, asking God to bless them. So that's what that means. We're offering Jesus to the Father for ourselves so that he can bless us, but also for those, all, for all those for whom we are praying. Excellent. Does that help, Alice? Well, thank you. I'll, I'll hear it that way from now on. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> fantastic. Lord, yeah. Thanks so much for calling in this morning. Uh, we also have Ron from Fargo. Ron, are you there? He was. Good there. morning, Ron. Are you there still? Hello. Oh, there yes, you go. Sorry. Excellent. What's your question for Father? Uh, I'm just wondering what the steps are for starting a lay ministry in the church. Yeah. Do you want to give me an example of what a lay ministry that you're thinking about? Um. Yeah. Just one to right now to renew the true masculinity in the church. Mm, great. And restore. Restore. Great. You know, men, I just feel, have taken a second seat to so much of what they should be right. doing. Right, yeah. And, and then there's a great program called That Man Is You, mm-hmm. you know, and that you know, if you just Google that, look that up, that's great. And there's a lot of good programs for men. I would say this, Ron, and that's a very excellent question. If you can get all your ducks in a row and kind of plan this thing out, what you want it to look like, who you want to be involved basically have a, a concrete plan, and then I would approach your pastor, say, hey, you don't have to do any work, <laughs> and priests love to hear that. Mm-hmm. When, when somebody comes to a priest and says, hey, I got a great idea for you know increasing the faith, and especially in this case, our men, but you don't have to do any work, Father. I got it all planned out. All I need is your permission and your, your sanction, and we can go. So that's what I would do, Ron. I would get, get a plan together, get a program together, get some other guys involved, and then once you have this plan, just present it to the pastor and uh, see what happens. And I think it'll be received quite well because he'll see that you have, uh, it's not a fly-by-night operation. You know what you're doing. You have a plan 
and he doesn't need to do all the work because he has a lot on his plate already. And I think that's yeah. what you need to do, um, Ron, to get things started. Okay. And if I may chime okay. in and piggyback on top of that, Father, um, it's great that you call, Ron, that uh, I see here from Fargo. We uh, at the diocese, we've been uh, working on this Made for Greatness men's ministry uh, for a couple of years now. And there's going to be a men's conference coming up mm. in Fargo on March 30th the uh, Redeemed 2019 Made for Greatness Men's Conference. So I would also encourage you to gather some guys that would be interested in attending that conference and uh, you know begin to form a brothership, brotherhood. And uh, there's going to be some, some suggestions and recommendations going out of the conference on how you can go forward then and, and begin to generate you know, a, a men's group where guys can, can band together as brothers in growing in relationship with the Lord. So that would be uh, one recommendation as well, Ron, is to look for the, uh, the Made for Greatness, the Rede- Redeemed 2019 Made for Greatness Men's Conference. Um, and parishes should be getting that information about, you know, where that is. It's going to be at the Delta Hotel on March 30th. Um, so that would be another, another way of kind of kickstarting things. Okay, well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you, Ron. Thanks for calling in. And again, I yeah. think Ron is right on, you know, to try to light a fire under, uh, under the men, you know, because we we need the men to participate. We need the men to take initiative and to play their role in the church. It's one of the great needs, and, you know, that's why we've been working on this uh, Made for Greatness men's ministry, uh, because oftentimes it's going to—women will always step up and fill the gap, but uh, when when the kind of the design of the Lord is— neglected then you know the family suffers if men don't fill their role then then you know women fill it but it's not the same as when the man's there right. but, so get on the conversation here with father charles um you can call in at 877-795-0122 we have a listener to father who uh called or submitted a question on facebook during the consecration the priest leans over the altar and seems to whisper something over the body and blood what is he saying this goes back to the question that you sure. posed earlier what's happening there when you're mumbling mumbling father well we mumble a lot sometimes it's uh <laughs> liturgically oriented and sometimes it's not but anyway <laughs> But there's there's a couple times where the priest okay so when he prepares the uh, wine and the water mm-hmm. you know a lot of people ask well why do you why do you pour a drop or two of water into the wine before the consecration sure. and what there what the priest is doing there he goes yeah what he's doing right there is he's uh, signaling the divinity and the humanity of Jesus. So when he pours the, a little drop or two of the water into the wine, he says, basically, you know, Jesus who humbled himself to share in our humanity by the mystery of this wine or wine, may we come to share in the divinity of Christ mm. who humbled himself to share in our humanity. So that's what he's mumbling right there, you know? And then a lot of people ask, like, after the consecration, what is he mumbling? And when he dropped, why does he drop a, uh, particle of the sacred host into the precious blood you yeah. know, and he does that and what is he saying there well he does that to signify the resurrection because the double consecration is signifying the death of jesus because his body and his blood were separated all his blood oozed out of him yeah. and so when the priest places a precious sacred particle of uh, into the precious blood, what he's doing there, he's signifying the resurrection because body and blood coming back together. And what he says over that is those that receive the body and blood of Christ, may they be, you know, uh, 
may they inherit eternal life. So, uh, so a, a lot of the priests, when he mumbles, he's actually, it's a prayer to the Father through Jesus on behalf of the people. So do you know, Father, what is the rationale? Why not just say it out loud? What, why? I, I believe the rubrics actually even say it should be yeah, inaudible, It right? should be inaudible. So um, the reason, again, is that it's a private prayer, if you will, okay. of the priest on behalf of the people. Mm. So we're, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> so it's, it's between God and the, the priest, in a sense. Uh, but it's never just about God and the right. priest. It's always, you know, so on behalf of, the, we're going to bat, in a sense, for the community right. uh, to the Lord. Kind of, I think of uh, a Moses on Mount Sinai yes. after the people have sinned. They've erected the golden calf. They've worshipped that, and and Moses stands as a mediator there. You know, saying, "If you're going to wipe them out, wipe me out." You know, right. and uh, the priest. I mean, that's part of the priestly role, right? right. Is to be that representative of Jesus Christ, right. the one true mediator between God and man, standing in the gap, standing mm-hmm. in the uh, breach. You know, to to bridge the people with the Father. And then uh, right before the priest receives Jesus in Holy Communion, he mumbles something to the effect that he wants, you know, uh, may, the, may the receiving of your body and blood, Lord Jesus Christ, not bring me to condemnation, but mm. through your loving mercy, uh, you know, bring me to salvation. So, yeah, when the priest is mumbling, private prayers, if you will, although nothing, nothing right. is private about the Mass, but uh, prayers on behalf of the people yeah. or on behalf of himself, you know, to the Father. So, yeah, those are great questions. Yeah. And, uh, you know, again, again, a lot of people, like, why, why is he doing that? And now you know. So now you know. All right. Well, we only have a couple minutes left, but you still have a chance to get a question in to Father Charles by calling one eight seven 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 nine five. 0122, or you can plug that into Facebook and, and uh, look them up that way. So, Father, this is uh, what's it been like for you then? Uh, how long have you been ordained? Uh, since 05. So, so, this is, 04. I mean, this is all second hat to you, but I mean, do you remember what it was like when you started saying yeah. these prayers as a priest yeah. for the first time? Uh, I remember thinking, uh, am I supposed to do this? <laughs> I, I always knew that <laughs> was legit? reserved for a priest. And uh-huh. I remember the first time somebody walked up to me and said, can, can you hear my confession? I'm like, wait a minute, that's for, pri- wait a minute, I am a priest. You know, so, <laughs> or <laughs> walking through Walmart and passing through a mirror and say, there's a guy with a collar. Wait a minute, that's me. You know, and so uh, it's still uh, new every day and it's still refreshing. It's still, I'm so humbled uh, by the fact that God uses us mere mortals, you know, to bring about his, his grace for people and just uh, unbelievable and uh, continue i encourage everybody out there to continue to pray for your priests you know Mm -hmm. i think we have everybody every christian has a big target on their back but i think priests have a big target absolutely too so continue to pray we're all in this together and um yeah it's great when when uh you know another uh gentleman is ordained and that's just uh, God hasn't given up on us. You know, when you talk about uh, hearing confession for the first time, it reminds me of this. I just got to put this plug out there. And for <laughs> anyone who has never seen Studio C, it's a, it's a thing produced. It's like short sketch comedy produced by BYU, by Brigham Young University, by the Mormons. And they actually have one on confession <laughs> where this guy is going to confession for the first time and he inadvertently goes into the priest's area and a woman comes and tries to confess. And he thinks he's confessing to her. Right. And she, so you can look that up. Studio C uh, confession. It is just a riot. It's like look five minutes up. long. It's hysterical. So excellent. <laughs> All right. Well, we want to thank everyone who uh, called in and who submitted their questions for Father Charles of the Straight Talk segment. It's a hoot. We love having it, and uh, we're happy that you've been our ghost, Father. <laughs> yes, thank you. Thank you very much. I'd like to thank the Academy. For- <laughs> we're going to step away for a couple minutes, but coming up at the beginning of the next hour, a couple of super smart students. Well, okay. 
a priest, <laughs> the father Stilligan, who is also super smart, will uh, share about the Know Your Faith competition that's been canceled, but they are the champs. And we'll take a 10-minute tour around the area and check in with the bishop when we get back. <laughs> 